to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I'm going to be covering the developer update, the ghost meg, the prospect of selling cosmetics back, and all the recent flaming that's come as a result of that developer update. All that and more on this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk Shrouded Ghost. So, we finally got some really great photos of a crew that managed to find the Shrouded Ghost out in the seas. Now, we don't exactly know where Mr. Neat was during this time when he was walking the Shrouded Ghost, but Steve Nashburn and his fellow pirates managed to find the Shrouded Ghost out in the middle of the ocean, and man... It looks terrifying. Red eyes, white skin, lots of teeth. This is definitely a beast to be feared. Congratulations to you and your crew for managing to take down the beast and get that lorded over title of hunting the Shrouded Ghost. Joe, if you're out there, I would love to know when you're actually out there walking it because I'd kind of like to kill it myself too. Feel free to hit me up. I'd appreciate it. For those of you that don't know, the Shrouded Ghost is obviously the hardest to find Megalodon out there for the doubloons. We don't know a whole lot, except that it just has a really low spawn chance. It's very similar to the Box of Wondrous Secrets out in the Devil's Roar. And if you don't know what the Box of Wondrous Secrets is, out in the Devil's Roar, it's a it's a box, and it's got secrets, and it's worth about 25,000 gold if you turned it into Captain Morrow over at Morrow's Outpost. But the Shrouded Ghost can literally spawn anywhere. We originally thought it dealt more with the fog since that was a key uh, part of the Shrouded Spoils. A lot of it now just seems like it's going to be a, a happenstance. It's, it's going to be something that happens, and when you do, I hope you've got the right stance to take it on. No, I... I I'm glad to see that people are going to be actually uh, getting some screenshots of this so people know how to identify it properly, and I don't expect it to be too much different than most of the other Megalodon fights. Though, if you do happen to kill it, I would hope that there'd be a little bit better of a loot chance for whatever it drops. That being said, I'm still looking out there for it, I'm still keeping my eye on it, and I plan on killing it as soon as it decides to show its ugly head. I want to make sure I get this up front so that you don't miss it if you are listening to this after it is put out on Monday. On February the 5th, there is going to be an Inside Xbox event that is happening. It's going to happen on Tuesday the 5th. It's going to be 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and 10 p.m. GMT. So make sure that you are getting a chance to go to the Mixer.com slash Xbox channel to watch this. If you are doing so and you are signed into your Microsoft account that has Sea of Thieves on it, you will be able to get your hands and hooks on the Onyx Compass. So you don't have to try and find cookie codes online or buy them off of eBay. The Onyx Compass, Compass will be part of the mix pot that is coming exclusively during that time. So make sure you are watching it if you have a chance. All, all I can recommend is download the Mixer app onto your smartphone, sign in, get it saved with the right Xbox channel, and via Watch Mixer if you need any information on Twitter. Just get in there, watch it. If you need the compass, that's the easiest way to get it. They're not going to put the Evan Flintlock in anytime soon. This is the closest we're going to get to the next mix pot. So don't miss your opportunity to get this again. Tuesday, February the 5th, for North America and for UK. Aussies, you, I'm sorry, you're going to have to work that out. You always have to work that out. I know your pain. Insider Xbox, 
Tuesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. GMT. Don't miss it. I can already hear you thinking, oh, I won't miss it. But I'll, I'll probably I'll probably forget during the time. Tuesday. Tuesday. 2 p.m., 5 p.m., 10 p.m. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about the prospect of selling back cosmetics. So this came up a little bit ago on Twitter, and it was kind of a controversy on whether or not you should be able to sell back your cosmetics. Some of the Twitter community reached out to Sea of Thieves and asked if there was a way eventually that we would be able to sell back our cosmetics if we either didn't want them anymore or needed gold or just made a bad purchasing experience. A lot of us came to the conclusion that it would be good to have the option but not necessarily something that we would want to take away from the further development of content. And in fact, most people actually thought that it would be a good idea if we had a preview system in the game so that you could actually see what some of these cosmetics look on ships or your pirate. I agree. I think I'd love to see this in the future, but not at the expense of content. Uh, first things first, let's make sure that there's always something for us to do. If they're able to build out teams to kind of work on these secondary requests, or even just having something in the game later on that would be able to, to do this, that would come in an update similar to Shrouded Spoils, I'd appreciate that. Uh, I've been thinking a bit about how the roadmap typically is for Rare. Uh, we generally get an update and then a build rat uh, update and then another update and then a build rat update. And it feels like this first year, if this is anything to say about how the rest of the year should go in the second uh, year for Sea of Thieves, that it will probably be something similar to having around four updates. And I actually wouldn't mind having that third or fourth update be an update that's dedicated to taking care of some of the quality of life improvements that come from the game uh, and the community. Basically saying that instead of having four full updates a year that are just purely content and, and just solely for that purpose, actually having us uh, take a look at some of the things that we would like to have in the game, captaincy, uh, pets, but I know pets are coming soon, but things like captaincy, things like uh, a preview system for, for the ships, or being able to change ships uh, in, in session without having to, to leave the game and then rejoin it and losing all that all those, uh, those, those supplies, something like that to allow us the ability to kind of dynamic change our, our ship crew because right now you're still kind of stuck in those in those different ship types if you have a galleon you can have up to four but if you're running as a group of three and someone wants to join you there's no way to actually bring them into the ship you would have to leave the server jump back into a new server with a galleon and invite that fourth person being able to, to dynamically change ships would be a very tough problem to fix but it's still one that i think would be very very welcome in the community things like previewing cosmetics would be great if you wanted to take a look and see how things look on you because every pirate is different every pirate has a different body shape and a look and sometimes what would work on some pirates just isn't going to work on others and being able to look at that before you have to actually throw down the gold uh, would definitely help purchasing decisions for people that don't have as much time to be able to grind out gold the way others do a lot of us tend to have a lot of gold because we tend to play a lot and some of us uh, don't have that much time our time is either spent with you know real life issues or you're just actually playing other games and want to be able to focus uh, some time on those as well as sea of thieves and you may not have all the gold in the world so to be able to have 
uh, some sort of security blanket to let you know that, you know, whatever happens, you're going to be okay. Uh, even if it's just a buyback system that buys the gold or buys the item back for, you know, half of the price that you paid for it if you don't end up liking it. Or if there's maybe a grace period where items that you purchase or cosmetics that you purchase are available to return for free to get your money back if you, uh, if, if it's within a certain time frame, you know, say two hours, uh, if, if that's something that you, you want to try it out, see how it looks. If you don't like it, return it, get your full, full uh, refund for that. Just some of the things that are kind of being shot around in the community as far as what are the things that we would like to have in the game and, and whether or not those are going to be something that's coming as a result of content or something that would be nice to have in a future update that's a little more geared towards actual player requests as opposed to content drives. All right, for the next item on today's docket, let's dive into the developer update. So I've, I've kind of noticed a bit of a trend in this last month. Thankfully, uh, the last four and five updates that we've gotten from Rare have touched on some very similar topics. And it's interesting to think about why they're doing this. And, and if anyone hasn't been paying attention, uh, basically Rare is coming out and saying that there are guidelines or, or a code that they want people to follow that these, the, that the code should be adhered to. And if you don't adhere to it, you're gonna get banned. And then they have proof of the people getting banned as a result. They're basically coming out and saying that there are certain things in the game that are considered exploits, if not downright hacks. And there's a zero tolerance for that. And that the people that have been abusing these systems or hacking in general have been banned. And harassment is also cause for ban. So the best thing I can recommend to anyone listening to this, if you're new to the game, don't be that person. Don't be the person that feels like they're going to let their emotions get the best of them and speak out to people in hate. Uh, don't use derogatory terms. You can use witty banter. In fact, the more witty it is, the more likely the other person is going to take offense to it. And try not to be a mean to other people. You know, it's it's a pirate game, but that doesn't give you free reign to be uh, a jerk about it. You know, it's it's there's a difference between pirates who are well-respected and feel and then pirates who are uh, just people playing the role to be able to excuse their bad behavior. It's not excusable. And if you're one of the people that doesn't get offended by these, I'm, I'm glad that you don't get offended by them, but still do the due diligence of actually reporting the people that are being toxic in the game. It's going to make the game a better place and have a better community for it. Uh, this is the kind of game where it's open up to just about anyone. And while it is a teen rated game, I know many many parents that like to bring their parents or their bring their kids into the game to be able to give them a good experience. It's a great way to spend time with friends and family and there's no reason that there should be a hostile environment for that. It's all in fun. It's all for for just having a, an entertaining time and being able to pretend to be a pirate for a little while. So try not to ruin that for other people just because you're either upset because of, of what's happening in the game and things aren't going your way or you feel like being over dominant and stating your opinion or or forcing your your victory down someone's you know don't be a don't be a bad winner don't be don't be the type of winner that's that's gloating in in front of other people uh i i don't know how much further rare is going to press upon that topic and i guess until it's basically something that's that's a non-issue uh though i suppose that'll always be a small issue to some but it, it's apparent that the last bunch of updates that's come out have started out with the first thing being they're not tolerating toxicity or harassment 
They're not tolerating hackers. They're not tolerating people who are exploiting the game for certain things. They want people to play fairly and with respect, and I think we should listen to that, uh, though I'm fairly certain that a majority of you do already. So thank you if you are. Thank you for encouraging others to do the same, and thank you for taking the time to report people who are, are not falling in line. Uh, with that, we also found out that we're, well, hmm. I think I'll touch on that in the next topic. But for this de this part of the dev update, it's nice to see that Rare is uh, drawing the line in the sand on where they are in regards to the community and how we treat each other. So let's respect that line. <laughs> Next part of the update that I, I feel like I want to talk about uh, is, has actually dredged up a lot of controversy, far more controversy than I than I expected for this. Uh, I actually thought this was going to be kind of heralded as a great thing, and not many people were going to have much uh, much of a of, of a problem with it. Um, and, and in fact, in the dev update video, they were expecting more issues to arise as a result of the upcoming weapon changes that are coming on the sixth. Um, in the video, Joe talks about crossplay being an option for. Xbox controller players only. Uh, what this leads up to is recently there's been some discussion, and I talked about it last episode, about what they were planning on doing. So we found out that they're starting work on bringing cross-play options for the Xbox players, whether uh, you're playing with a controller or not. So here's basically how it breaks down. Servers have a set number of ships, and once that server starts to lose population, it merges with a more popular server to fill in the gaps from ships leaving servers uh, so that people aren't constantly having no interaction with others. In fact, you should generally have an interaction with another ship, uh, another player-controlled ship, about every 30 minutes or so. They generally wanted it to be somewhere between 20 to 40 minutes that you would have an inter interaction, and a memorable one at that. Most of the time, you'd be able to do some work on islands to get chests, skulls, merchant, anything like that. But you should be coming in contact with other ships at sea. Somewhere between 20 to 40 minutes is what they what they hope for with the with the server population. I know that doesn't always happen because some people will always sail and stick to one area, and others will go to other areas, and you don't always see people all the time. But with the crossplay option, it should not affect this. It should work just like it is currently, and there shouldn't be any change. What they're planning on doing eventually, before Arena, but not coming in the next update, is op uh, giving Xbox players the opportunity to opt out of crossplay if you are using a controller. Now, the reason I bring that up is because they're bringing mouse and keyboard support for Sea of Thieves for Xbox consoles at the same time that they'll be doing the cross-play opting out. This is not something that PC players get to choose on. This is not something that Xbox players with mouse and keyboard get to choose on. This is purely for people who choose to use a uh, controller with their Xbox system when they log into play. And it has been stated by Mike Chapman that the system will recognize if you are using a mouse and keyboard. So if you get, uh, if you if you are playing the game and you start with a controller and you swap out to use a mouse and keyboard, I'm not sure how that's going to work, and I'm sure they're going to test that and work on a way to do it, but they will probably end up kicking you out of the server because they don't want people swapping during Arena when you log in and you opt out for cross-play uh, at the beginning, get into a server, and then pull the plug on the controller and plug in a, a mouse and keyboard. 
I'm sure they're going to anticipate that. That's already something that I've already thought of. I'm, I'm not as smart as they are, and I'm sure they can probably work out a system to make sure that people don't do that. So when it gets closer to them actually having more information, they will let us know when the crossplay option will be available for Xbox players at the same time that the mouse and keyboard support comes in. We know for sure that it'll be before the arena, and we still know that the arena is not available for pioneers, though they are getting closer to that build. As far as we know, uh, arena is still a ways off. We're not sure when, and the more they talk about other changes coming to the game beforehand, it's starting to make me wonder if we're going to have Arena before April. I'm starting to wonder if that's going to happen. The nice thing is, is that with the upcoming uh, Inside Xbox on Mixer, uh, they are going to be at that, and, and Joe's going to be talking more about what the studio is working on and when that's hopefully coming. So we know that they're going to be, I know, I, I know for sure he's going to touch on when pets are coming and microtransactions uh, with that. Uh, they'll probably give a little better idea on when Arena is going to be coming, but Again, that's still going to be based on when it gets to Pioneers and how that testing goes. Now, just to kind of remind you, Arena is going to be bare bones at the start. It's it's just going to be a shorter competitive uh, version of Sea of Thieves in the adventure mode. And they will build upon the Sea Dogs and the Arena as time goes on. So expect updates to stagger between uh, Arena and Adventure Mode and then back to Arena and then back to Adventure Mode. But getting back to the crossplay, uh, I know I've seen a couple polls out there and I know that I've talked with a, few, a bunch of people and there seems to be uh, ideas all across the board about whether or not this is a good move or a bad move coming from Xbox and from PC players. And in fact, a lot of larger streamers seem to believe that the PC community for Sea of Thieves is so small that they will be left on empty servers without anyone to play with. And personally, my opinion only, not speaking for anyone else but myself, I think that's rubbish. I think that there is a much larger PC community out there playing Sea of Thieves than they realize lies. And I also think that they don't fully understand just how the server systems work. That the crossplay opting will probably be a system that is buried in the menu system, something like push to talk. You'll have to go in, you'll actually have to enable it if you want to be just alone with just other Xbox players. Also, they're discounting the fact that a lot of Xbox players are still really good at the game with controllers. And though they may still be uh, able to, to, to get killed by PC players, there are plenty of PC players out there that aren't good at the game as well. And Xbox players can trump them. Plus, it's not always down to whether or not you can kill someone on a ship. Sometimes it actually just comes down to really good good uh, seamanship and being able to sink a ship before even having to board them. Sometimes really well-placed cursed cannonballs that are timed well with other cannon shots can sink a ship without ever having to, to get onto their ship. So having that interaction between uh, sword and gun, uh, cutlass and, and uh, blast barrel, you know, those things don't always factor into fights. Sometimes it just comes down to being able to be really good at uh, cannons and barrels. So that doesn't even, so that doesn't doesn't even really take into account the number of Xbox players that have PC friends that they've met playing Sea of Thieves. Most of the streamers uh, that are just getting into the game, 
have really only been playing the game for a short amount of time. A lot of us have been playing this game since before it was released uh, in, in the beta, some even in the alpha. I know I've been playing since the beta. I've made a lot of Xbox friends and I've made uh, a, a fair amount of them through the Xbox app and the makes friends emote in, in game. I don't always know who's playing Xbox versus PC uh, unless they're trying to jump from the dock to the ship and they generally miss. That's just me teasing some of my friends that I don't know. Um, but with but with that, I would I would hope I would really be disappointed if the 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 combat is so uh, so so hindering that they would give up playing with me uh, or or other PC players just for the sake of having an easier time when soloing. And that's another that's another thing in and of itself. Who's to say that Xbox players won't regularly change from uh, crossplay to non-crossplay, depending on whether or not they're soloing or sailing with a crew? If they're sailing with a crew, they're probably more likely to have PC friends and more likely to be playing on crossplay because they're more comfortable having other people around to help battle as well. They may not necessarily need to be boarders in that instance. Also, when they're soloing, there's a good chance that they may want to be on a, uh, a, a non-crossplay server so that when they do come across another pirate, there's a little more fairness involved between controller versus controller versus uh, people that have to play against mouse and keyboard. That also takes us you to the to the mouse and keyboard. I have a lot of PC people saying that they play with controllers or that they have tried playing with controllers, but they're not very good at it. And a lot of people saying that it, it'll be a fair game when Xbox players have an opportunity to use mouse and keyboard keyboard. And I want to remind people that jumping between the two mediums is a very tough thing to do. It is really hard to pick up a game that you've been so used to playing with a mouse and keyboard and feel adequate and apt using a controller and vice versa, I can imagine. It's not easy to be proficient in both. And if you can, that's great. There's a there's an even playing field. But being able to do one or the other is, is going to be most people's preference. And they're probably not going to dabble too much in using the other one. For example, when I'm using my mouse and keyboard, I'm generally doing it when I know there's going to be an interaction with other pirates. If I'm out alone digging up treasure and I'm only having to worry about skeletons once in a while, sure, I'll grab my Sea of Thieves controller and I'll just kind of hang back and lean back in my seat and enjoy the experience because there's not as much high pressure threat or uh, as much on, on the line when I'm not dealing with other pirates. Now, when I'm dealing with other pirates, I'll probably grab my mouse and keyboard because that's where I feel most comfortable because that's how I started actually playing the game. And I had to learn how to use a controller later on when I wanted to be able to reference uh, key bindings and stuff for other people when they were trying to uh, figure out how to how to play the game. I had to know what buttons did what. And the Sea of Thieves controller is just amazing and the, the charging stand is beautiful. And I have it sitting in front of me as it looks at me every day and I sit down to play. I, I can't not use it. I, I have to use it. It's too beautiful. Sidetrack, sorry. Regardless, I want to say, just to kind of sum this all up, crossplay isn't going to damage the game. Arguing with each other about what's better for the community or what's worse for the community will. It doesn't matter if we get crossplay or not, but the fact that we're arguing with each other about the pros and cons of this just emphasizes how how staggering a difference people feel this will be for uh, each other. And everyone seems to have an opinion on this, but really, really, Rare is the only one that knows what's going on with this and how how good this or how how good of an update this will actually be for for those of you not on Twitter I did want to bring this up because uh, it was it was really great to see but uh, Craig Duncan the the studio head for rare 
actually tweeted out today, and uh, I really appreciated that he did this, although I feel sad that he actually had to do this. But at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, Craig Duncan actually tweeted out a thread uh, addressing the crossplay concerns. So this is what he says. Wanted to address a few concerns with some of the folks have about our future Sea of Thieves plans. Rest assured, our goal are always to do the right thing by our players and community. There broadly seems to be four key points that needed clarity. Number one, we are removing crossplay. We're adding an option for console players using controller to opt out of crossplay if they choose. We expect most players, especially in adventure, to still play using crossplay, but this is important option to add with the arena coming. Number two, the crossplay option is not coming in the February update. See Joe's last dev update for more info. The team is working now on implementation of the option settings, and our goal is to have this in and tested prior to the arena. Number three, servers will still have the same density they do today as we spin up Azure servers as players join and backfill new crews into live servers. Our server density is architected to not be affected by the size of our player pop, but to vary the player encounter frequency and stories. Number four, our player population is super healthy on both PC and Xbox, and has been since launch. While we don't tweet usage data reactively, we will figure out how we more share stats on this soon to give context why players don't need to worry about our live player or platform populations. As I said at the top, we have always strived for everyone to enjoy Sea of Thieves, whether you are a brand new player or someone that has been with us from the start. We prioritize all players and all platforms together. Thanks. I don't think you can get any more clear than that, guys. Craig eloquently explains what is going on, why it's happening, that it will be coming in the future, and we don't have to worry. And from a company that has as much transparency with their community as Rare, I can tell you with absolute certainty that this is exactly why the community loves Rare. That this is going to be a good choice for everyone. You guys may or may not have hated the barrel system, but we love it now. It's great. If you still don't love the barrel system, I'd love to know why, because it's amazing. Everyone was very concerned that we were continually getting uh, PVE contents and nothing for PVP. We're getting the arena. That'll help out a lot. This company is striving to make sure that we have fun, interactive ways to play with each other and in the environment. As Mike Chapman always says, tools not rules. Giving us the ability to opt in or opt out to crossplay on Xbox consoles with the controller is just giving us an opportunity to say, you know, we understand that you feel that there's a discrepancy between the two platforms, and this is a way out if you feel that that is strong, feel that strongly enough. With the coming update in February 6th, we're going to have Drew Stevens come in and explain all the changes that are coming. Now, bear in mind, the February 6th update is going to be a fresh install of the game at the new game size. Don't forget about that. Expect it. Plan it. Know that you're going to have to re-download the entire game at the smaller game size. It's going to be at least at least 27 gigabytes for Xbox One and PC players. For anyone on an Xbox, it's just going to be the 10 gigs. So bear that in mind going into into next week as well too make sure that you, you plan accordingly but 
we're going to be getting the update that will actually change out some of the combat systems. And I'm looking forward to this because I really, I'll be honest, I really love the blunderbuss and the flintlock pistol, but I feel obligated to use the, the eye of reach because of the range and the safety that it gives me when dealing with gunpowder skeletons and other crew members. The high amount of damage that it does and giving me the opportunity to do one sword swipe to finish a person is effectively a two-shot kill. It is dangerous to not have something that can kill a person that soon. You can never reliably uh, uh, trust that you'll be able to get a banana down in time to survive another pirate. And the sword play is such that I don't know if it's uh, deep enough to be able to fight someone uh, competitively with a sword alone on a ship. So I would love to be able to have blunderbusses again. I kind of miss them. They were always kind of fun. And I had the ferryman one that has the chains that go really well with all the pirate legend stuff. And it's still still some of the most beautiful uh, guns that I've seen in the game next to, uh, say, like the, the launch crew, Eye of Reach, and the flintlock pistol. Still my favorites. So I... I, I... I feel like I'm belaboring the point. I'm sorry if I am because I'm not trying to, but I really want you guys to know that this is going to be okay. It's not going to be as bad as some people want you to feel like it's going to be, and this is in no way going to kill the game, ever. In fact, I, I think, if anything, the changes that are going to be made are going to give a lot more... Uh, uh, give give people a lot more security in knowing that who they're playing with is exactly who they want to play with, and they won't have to worry about that. And skeptics be damned. That's all I gotta say. Moving on. Next up on today's docket, Captain's Log. I had the pleasure of going out yesterday night. This was probably about 11 p.m. my time and lasted a couple hours, but I got to go out with Rust Belt Kid and El Jefe Esteban. We were on a brig and they needed help because they had been playing most of the day. Fairly tired at that, they wanted some help to be able to finish off getting Rust Belt Kid's last half level of 49 to Order of Souls. I was hoping that I'd be able to get to join them earlier, but for reasons I wasn't able to, but I'm glad that I was able to uh, tonight because that, or last night, because that that experience is unlike anything I've ever had. And it's it's going to be kind of entertaining for you to, to just enjoy this. So I join up on their brig and they're out at uh, Devil's Reach, or no, Ruby Fall in the Devil's Roar. And they're hunting uh, Order of Souls out there, which understandably, is a little bit higher value in reputation and tends to be kind of easy depending on where the geysers are or geezers. Geezers. Really, UK? Geezers? Guys, I, I don't know about that. Anyway, so I go out there and they're kind of hunting down some skeletons, nothing too major, and I'm kind of looking forward to it when I realize that they're pretty low on supplies. And, and when I say low, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean, you know, like low 20s, 30s, as far as planks and bananas, maybe 50 to 60 cannonballs. I'm talking like six planks and like eight bananas. Like these guys had nothing. <laughs> I, was, I was genuinely frightened that anything was going to happen in the devil's roar and everything was going to be lost. Now, thankfully, they didn't have a whole lot on the ship to begin with. When I signed in, they didn't have, uh, they had maybe a couple chests, like a seafarers and a couple skulls that they had worked on so far. And it was kind of my suggestion to maybe just scuttle the ship and get some new stuff. But we for we for uh, we, we forgoed that, that option and just decided to kind of uh, gather up supplies around the island 
and then kind of bolster our, our, our resources as we moved on to the next island. So we we were planning on doing uh, a, a, an Order of Souls voyage and we dropped one down, but it was only, it was like two skeletons on one island and it was just one. And it was like, that's that's going to take a lot of time just for for two skulls. It's not worth it. So I decide I'm going to be smart. I'm going to be smart about this. So I'm going to throw down an Ashen Athena, a Devil's Roar Athena, and we're just going to do the skulls and then cancel the rest of it and then do that again. So that way we'll get some high value skulls uh, for for certain on two islands. That's a pretty good density, you know, and we do that. And we notice we've got two islands, and they're on opposite sides of where we are, Brimstone and uh, Ashens. So we decide we're going to go down to Ashens, because, you know, why, why not? So we start heading down to Ashens, and we get there just fine. No no problem whatsoever. We're getting attacked by the cannon, but who doesn't at that point? You kind of expect the cannons to, to fire at you on Ashens. And they're, they got a pretty pretty broad range of where they'll actually fire. So most people have kind of learned to, to park on the east side next to the volcano. Fairly safe. You'd think, wouldn't you? No, not safe. Not safe at all. We um, get onto the island, and we're starting to look for the skeletons. I happen to find them on the west side, and I start to notice that the ground is shaking, and the geysers are erupting, and I hear that quintessential tone that lets me know that the volcano is not happy with our presence. In fact, it's downright angry. So... We kind of assume that, you know, one person can head back. They're pretty close. So they head out and they start going out to uh, to, to the ship to sail away. And while they're sailing away, the, the volcano decides to nail it with a giant boulder. And that was kind of the sinking moment for us because we realized, you know, <laughs> we've, we've lost the ship and uh, we're, we're not going to we're, we're going to have a hard time getting that back. So I decide to abandon killing the skeletons for now. And uh, go in, and I happen to find, I, I'm, I'm wandering around the island trying to look for where the ship is and where the, where the treasure is. I can't find it. And we're trying to communicate, like, where it is uh, away from the island. So I never saw the ship, and I never got a chance to see where it was sailing. But, but we know that at some point, it, it started sailing south-ish. I find a rowboat, and I start rowing out south right as the fog rolls in. Now, most people probably wouldn't think that's a big deal, but we've got one person in the water juggling loot and fighting off sharks. I'm sitting in a rowboat, rowing through the middle of this thick fog, which is just laid down into the devil's roar, and I can't see anything anywhere. And the other one of us is out going to get the ship back and bring it back. Well, that's not too bad, but we're sitting here trying to get into the, trying to find each other in the fog and we're in party chat there's no way to, to tell like where you are when you're in the fog especially when you're in the water or in something as low as a rowboat i can't find anyone anywhere we're we're sailing around and we start to hear uh, that the that the the uh, that the other ships on the surfer have started to make an appearance now there's two reaper's marks on the map and they're starting to sail towards sail towards the devil's devil's roar. And this is probably the point where things started to go kind of wonky. Uh, we probably spent about oh 30, 30 to 45 minutes rowing in circles. I, I literally rowed from the island out south, turned around, got lost, rowed back north, got found the island went went back out south 
couldn't find anyone. We're sitting there in this. We're in the middle of the fog. Someone. He's. <laughs> one of our guys is killing off sharks, eating bananas from a from a, a crate that we had on the ship, and playing music to try and try and give me some sort of direction on where this is. Meanwhile, I'm rowing around in circles, trying to figure out where he is, and the ship is slowly, slowly sailing towards Ashen's uh, uh, reach. Her is Ashen's reach. I can never remember. We're sailing out towards the south of the Devil's Roar. There's, it's the most ridiculous thing. The Benny Hill music should have been playing. We can't find each other. We're we're wandering around in the fog, yelling Marco Polo to each other as we're trying to figure out where this treasure is. It's four skulls and two seafarers' chests. I don't know why we didn't just give up on that and move to a different island, but we for for some reason we still we still hung around there. After three or four, I, there's literally at one point I felt like I had roared, or I rode all the way up to Devil's Reach. I was so lost in the sea, I couldn't, and it was so depressing just to constantly be rowing and rowing, checking direction. No, I'm still going south. Eventually, I'm gonna hit the Devil's Shroud and just die. I can't, I can't find anyone, and eventually I'm just rowing, and I'm and I'm sitting there, and I finally I see a rock. I'm so excited, I see a rock. There's just a, <laughs> there's a rock in the water, and I feel so elated that I found some sort of body that is not just more water that I'm excited about this. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out what island it is based on this rock. And come to find out, it's the west side of a- Ashens. It's, <laughs> at this point, I'm just so, so done with this. I'm so done trying to figure out where the heck everyone is because I can't find the ship. I can't find the treasure. We finally, he finally dies to a, to a, a shark in the water. We've run out of bananas. And I'm just like, all right, I, I don't know. We, so what do we do? We do the only thing that a bunch of crazed pirates in the middle of the night trying to hit pirate legend would do. We continue trying to kill skeletons on the island. But no, as soon as, as soon as we get our foothold and we find each other and we get back to the ship, the island is starting to erupt for the third time. For the third time, this island is so done with us trying to kill these skeletons. We give up, we decide we're gonna cut our loss, and we <laughs> I'm back on the ship and a boulder hits me and we sink. We <laughs> we we are trying to bail the water but we die before we actually get to bail the water. We can't grab planks because the bug that that when you're taking damage or drowning is the same when you're when you're in hot hot water it's the same as when you're drowning. So you can't open barrels right now with a bug. The 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 bug that is in the game right now that won't be fixed until Wednesday still prevents you from being able to access barrels if you're either poisoned or you're drowning. And if you're in hot water it's the same as drowning. So we're sitting there trying to <laughs> We're trying to run down to the bottom deck and just open a barrel. We just want to open the barrel to get planks so that we can, so that we can plug the holes in the ship so that it won't sink. We can't. We get hit by a boulder and the whole thing goes down again. And we we pop up on Chicken Isle and I just and I'm it, <laughs> we're so done with this. So we after after an hour and a half of trying to figure out like where where everyone is and try and get four skulls after losing four skulls, we're we're finally resolving ourselves like okay all right, we know that there's been a skull cloud up for a while. Let's just let's just call it now. He's got three three edges of the Order of Souls icon to fill like three or like two and a half to fill, 
and Rust Belt is is trying to stay positive about this. Esteban is 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 super tired but very supportive as well too. And we we say, okay, you know what? We're not going to do any more Order of, Souls, Order of Souls voyages. Let's just go take down Crow's Nest Fort and and we'll turn in what we get there. That'll be a, a positive end to the night. So we get all the way to Paradise Springs, just past Plunder Outpost. We're at Paradise Springs. And I kid you not, the skull disappears. The skull fort that had been sitting there unattended so long despawns and spawns somewhere else. I don't even know where. I didn't even care where. We're at. We're barely at the point where the cannon should start fall, fall or like firing at us, and the the whole fort just despawns, and it's just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's so. At that point, we're just like, all right, we have to get something. I we, I can't have logged in to to help you guys, and two hours later, come out with nothing. So, <laughs> we sail out to Devil's Roar to go do the Brimstone Island. That still has four. It's a smaller island. It should be a lot easier. It shouldn't be any problem, right? We get out there, and a volcano near there is starting to erupt. So we move the ship a little bit away from it. Not a problem. The Reaper's Marks that I mentioned earlier are chasing each other. It's a sloop that has taken down their flag and a galleon that is sailing around. This galleon is, for all we can tell, just doing voyages. They're not actually out hunting anyone, so we're not really sure what's going on with them, but we're still kind of trying to make sure that nothing wrong is going to happen with us. So we <laughs> so we, we take care of these four skeleton captains on brimstones, and sail over to Morrow's uh, peak outpost. And it's at that point that we kind of, it's it's one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of wondering what, what's holding us back from getting Pirate Legend. So I ask Rust Belt, can he buy the last level with the balloons? And he, he lets me know, he's, you know, I wasn't planning on doing that, but after all this, I'm kind of considering doing it. And I'm like, you know, there's no shame in getting level 50 with the, with the Order of Souls this close to it. It's not like you, you. It's not like you didn't grind a whole lot. You've been grinding this whole time. If you buy this one level, it's not going to make you any less of a pirate. So, he buys it, and as soon as he, buys, <laughs> as soon as he buys, buys the last commendation or the recommendation from Duke, and turns it in, Morrow's Peak starts to erupt. The one island in the Devil's Roar that has the lowest eruption rate starts erupting. We're trying to worry, we're trying to figure out, can he actually run out and talk to all the merchants to level up to level 50 and talk to the mysterious stranger in the tavern without getting beamed in the head by a giant boulder from a live active volcano? So we make a run for it. We're, we're sprinting across Morrow's Peak Outpost to get to the Order of Souls Tavern. And as we're in there, the eruption is still shaking the, the island so much that you can't interact with the actual NPC. It keeps moving you away and you're, and you're forcing yourself. It's like being drunk and trying to repair a ship. It's just not working out. So he's finally, finally, after struggling with that, we manages to talk to the Order of Souls rep, uh, rep and get his level 50. He goes and he talks to the Order of Souls or to the gold hoarders, and he manages to talk to the Merchant Alliance without dying. He is running. Rust Belt is running back to the outpost uh, tavern just to talk to the mysterious stranger, just to get his pirate legend gear, title, and shanty. 
He manages, and as the as the actual tavern is taking damage from boulders from the volcano and damaging us inside there, we're trying to play the shanty to get into the staircase to get down into the Pirate Legend Tavern so, so we can go take a look down there and pick up his gear and wander around and be victorious just to end the night in some sort of safe place. After two hours of nonsense trying to grind out this last half level of Order of Souls reputation, Rust Belt finally manages to get Pirate Legend status. It was ridiculous. It was hilarious, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. Congratulations go to Rust Belt for doing it. Congratulations to the Keelhauled Podcast for everyone's support for coming out and helping Rust Belt. Rust Belt actually came to uh, my Discord as a as a, a fan of N64 Josh's Discord. He was in there. And once upon a time, a long time ago, mentioned that he was interested in Sea of Thieves. And I believe it was G.I. Jello in that Discord who actually recommended that he get in touch with me and join my Discord to get into the, the pirate uh, kind of fantasy world to, to be able to actually access uh, more crew members and actually join up and get to go do more sailing. So it was it's it's been great to see so many people come into the community and hit pirate legend within the community and that's a, a lot of people have been doing that lately in fact we have a lot of new pirates that have joined up that have found the podcast started listening and joined the community never using discord before just to get an opportunity to get in with a community that's willing to be supportive of each other regardless of experience level and I'm, I couldn't be happier. It's so great to see some of uh, some of the community members uh, in the podcast group hitting Pirate Legend together and being able to share those experiences with everyone in our, our small community. You know, I mean, I know that I don't have a huge community compared to others, but I have to say, I think my community is probably one of the best, most supportive and positive in play, uh, environments that I've had. And I, I couldn't be any more grateful for it. So Rust Belt Kid, Congratulations on your trip to Pirate Legend. I'm glad I could be there for the end, even though I think I was more of a burden than anything. But <laughs> it made for a good story, and we got to record some of it towards the end. And in fact, I'll put the uh, I'll put the link to the video that I took in the show notes. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. Feel free to drop in there and drop a congratulations to Rust Belt Kid uh, through there or in the Discord as well server. Uh, I'll have the link for the Discord server as well if you want to pop in, congratulate him and any, anyone else that's recently hit it they all deserve it they're all great community members and i and i wouldn't trade them for anything so with that um i think it's time for first mate's log i got i got a few people that sent me in some stories next up on today's docket let's cover the first mate's log and this one comes to us from spurs 5446 he actually has a bit of an opinion on the crossplay that i figured i'd share with you as well since he was nice enough to write an email in he says, good morning, Captain. Thank you for another episode that makes my Monday morning a little more entertaining. I am an Xbox player that doesn't mind that PC players have an advantage over me. I think if they made it possible to play with only those on Xbox, it would be a rude awakening for some PvP encounters. I have a lot of friends that will get into a fight with another boat, and once they've been killed a few times or after being sunk altogether, will make peace with their defeat by exclaiming, they were obviously PC players. 
They cannot fathom that there are perhaps better pirates out there. I hope for their sakes they keep PC players in the mix so all pirates can cling to their delusions. Thank you Spurs for that. And here is your story. I'm a pirate legend, level 10 Athena, and I'm trying to wrap up the last little bit of bilge rat tasks. I needed the shrouded ghost, duh, and a few more victories over the kraken to be completely done. So I can only sail with friends and hope to get that these chance encounters. Last night, I had friends planning to sail around 9pm. Two of us started a galleon and started supplying up a boat so that when everyone was able to join, we had a fully stocked boat. As we pull up to Old Boot Fort after fully draining Keelhaul Fort of its supplies, a player galleon tried to keg us. We killed them in the water and dropped sails. Two pirates on a galleon can't expect to win this battle. They wouldn't give up chasing us, and eventually we gave up running, raised the sails, and decided they will likely sink us, but we would give it all we could. After a few salvos we exchanged, both boats had taken a few hits, but there was no advantage gained or risk of sinking for either boat. I sent out an SOS on Slack where my friends coordinated and scheduled our sailing times. Two friends came in to the rescue minutes before they joined. I decided that if we were going to go down, they were not going to get any treasure from us. So I started dropping our loot off around it to head us off. They bit and we had three pirates on the fort that managed to get kegs under their boats. They went down in no time and surprising had a decent amount of treasure on board. I got no closer to finishing my bilge rat adventure and we contemplating jumping servers when this battle seemed like nothing more than a time-killing stalemate. But ultimately, we agreed these pirates deserve to be sunk and we couldn't let it go. Thanks again for the podcast. I didn't find time to try the Anthem demo this weekend, but I am looking forward to that game as well. Curious to know your thoughts on the demo. Michael Spurs 5446 thank you very much for writing into that. Uh, as a side note, um, the the Anthem demo, I I didn't really find that that, that was going or, or grab me. The thing that was going to draw me in to get me interested in that game. I played a fair bit of the Ranger and the Storm. I didn't dive into the, uh, the, the tank or the uh, the oh, I forgot the interceptor uh, just because it wasn't that I have some serious issues with that game uh, as a demo but I'm curious to see what they're going to do with the live game the main troubles that I run into it are the encounters don't feel uh, developed enough in the demo uh, I had a hard time with the menu system the number of loads that they had the NPC interaction and the dialogue seemed forced and the animations were limited. Uh, there was one character that only had two types of animations and they, they used those in succession, one after another, one after another, one after another. And I felt like I didn't really have uh, much narrative driven. Now, bear in mind, this is just the demo. I'm sure there's a full-fledged story that people can dive into in the live game. That being said, I think there's some fundamental issues with the, the, the way the gameplay is, the understanding of how combo systems are d designed and uh, being able to being able to do simple stuff like running back into the fort to uh, get get into the town through the through the free play I don't like the idea that I'm in free play or I'm in a mission I have to uh, go to the menu I have to go to the map I have to exit free play then I get a loading screen then I go to a victory screen where I watch all these numbers show up and mean something to me and then I exit that to get into another load screen that takes me to another screen that shows me all the loot that I got and then I decide what I do with my loot then 
and then I exit out of that to get back into another load screen just to get back into the town. And then when I'm in the town, I'm finally able to do something, except uh, I have to go around somewhere to actually access the, the forge, which takes me instantly to my javelin, which I appreciated. Um, that's just one of the main issues that I had with it was, was the, the, it constantly broke all the, the immersion that I get with other games. I was playing Spider-Man the other day. I had a really good time swinging from place to place. I traversed a huge amount of ground in that game and never had to worry about a load time. The only time I've ever had to deal load times is when I'm going into a story mode or doing one of the, um, the, the Harry's kind of, uh, rooftop science centers, uh, where it changes from like day to night, having immersion in a story driven driven game is so essential and not many games understand how to pull that off and I'm not sure that Anthem understands that. Uh, I'm going to reserve final judgment if I get a chance to play on the Origin Access where I can actually um, play the full game on launch but for the time being I wasn't impressed enough with the, the overall design of the game to ignore those things to be able to enjoy the fact that you're flying around in a javelin being uh, Tony Stark uh, the, the the gunplay was was there but it didn't feel like it was it was that impactful I actually had more fun playing the storm just because of the the, the power that you get with the, the lightning storms and the eye shards and stuff and the and the ultimates Um and, and it doesn't sound like the tank is all that enjoyable either. So I'm curious to see how this goes, how well it launches. Uh, but for the most part, I'm probably going to be sticking with things like Sea of Thieves, uh, things like Division, Heroes of the Storm, where I'm a little more comfortable with the, the gameplay style or the overall design of the game. Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keelhauled. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to do a few things to help out the podcast, gain more traction so other pirates are able to find it and enjoy uh, the stories that you give me as well as my own and staying up to date on all the news as accurately and in-depth as possible. There's plenty of ways to do this. Share it with a friend. Just tell them, hey, you know, I, I don't know if you ever do or don't, but hey, you should give Keelhaul Podcast a, a listen to. It's the number one Sea of Thieves podcast out there. Uh, if you don't, no worries. Don't worry about it. No problem pressure i want you guys to enjoy this just on your own it's a nice little community too don't worry about it if you don't feel comfortable doing that if you feel like it and you haven't already you can always give me an itunes rating over on itunes uh it, they have a five-star rating system you can leave reviews i've had people give me their or their first mates logs through there as well too um other than that if you just want to get in contact with us or myself in general you can always do so you can always send an email like michael did C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That's my, my email address for the show. You can always reach me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always send me a message through the Xbox app. My gamer tag is C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N, just Captain Logan, no spaces. You can also uh, reach me through the Discord. The Discord server is a great place to meet other pirates, to meet other uh, players that just enjoy the game. Everyone has different opinions, and we all seem to be very respectful of each other's opinions and try to discuss the pros and cons of things that are coming to the game. So the link for that's always in the show notes. You can always click on that link. It'll take you to a Discord website. If you're not familiar, it's just a forum. It's a, a voice and text channel forum that you can join servers to communicate with other other people about niche topics or very broad topics. In fact, there's a Sea of Thieves one uh, as, as well. So pirates, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.